reflexology is, is based on the principles that there's reflexes in the feet that correspond to every part, gland, and organ of the body. So when you push on the reflexes, it takes the body from fight or flight to rest and repair. Whoever said life is short wasn't trying hard enough. Welcome to Dead Set on Living, a lifestyle podcast that takes you off the beaten path of health and wellness and highlights unique ways to live a longer, stronger, and more fulfilling life. Now, here's your badass host who once fought a bear on the mountains of Corsica, Lynn Bravo. Welcome to another episode of Dead Set on Living. I'm your host, Lynn Bravo. So today I'm very excited to have with me Carrie Chilcott. Carrie is a certified reflexologist, Reiki master, and teacher. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you very much, Lynn. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to be here. Yay. So I thought, Carrie, rather than uh, you know listing your, your background and accomplishments and things, I'd like to just let you introduce yourself and tell us all about you, or you who you are. Okay. I'm Carrie. I'm a seer. I see a lot of things. I'm connected to a lot of things through traumas in my life. Uh, they were lessons, and I learned to listen through my body and through my spirit bodies. Uh, I talked to the animals, I talked to the trees, I talked to plants, people, of course, connected to everything and all spirit, which is good. Can you tell us, Carrie, a little bit about your background and history, where your family came from, and uh, sort of what led you to where you are today? Okay. Well, my father, uh, we found out, was adopted. He was adopted in 1934 and to a, a Polish uh, gentleman and a Scottish woman, which we don't have any in our bloodline. So my father was searching for a while, and he always never felt close to close to his parents. Uh, his father died, his stepdad, or his adopted dad died when he was 10. So he never really got to know that gentleman. He was a cabinet maker by trade, I guess. Uh, Bill Urowitz adopted my dad. And then later on, after I was born and my dad, after my mother left me when I was two, his biological mother found him. And that's when we went on the trail of the indigenous, the side of our family. Through that indigenous side, my grandmother always told me to keep quiet, um, not to speak even the language that she taught me, which some of it I've lost. I only know a few things now, never to speak the language. Mm. And I didn't understand it until the fear and knowing about the residential schools and the 60s scoop and things that people were taking. Oh, that was the time that this was happening. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I was just an innocent kid, you know, living in the trees with my grandmother. Uh, she lived in a little cabin and on Bear Island, Tomogamy. And my first five friends were actually crows because oh. I didn't have a lot of kids there. So <laughs> the crows were my friends. I fed them. They gave me gifts. Oh, wow. Mostly That's flip top lids. <laughs> Shiny things, you Shiny know. things, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And so were you uh, exposed then as a child to the indigenous culture? Yes, I was. Point? Just through her and noticing what she did and, and watching her pick herbs and, and teaching me the way to pick herbs and looking for the different medicines and how to speak to the plants and honor the plant for the medicine for the two-leggeds, yes. Ah, okay. Well, at what point, how old were you then when you left your work with your grandma then? When did you sort of, uh, it sounded like you, you didn't, you may have been involved in your that culture for a period of time, but then as an adult, you weren't really uh, embracing the indigenous culture. No. And, and again, at that point then, uh, the, the risk of the school issues with the residential schools was over. Why was it that it took you a while to sort of embrace your, your culture as you have now? Just when you come out and, and kids can be mean. In Toronto, it was no problem when I lived in Toronto with my dad because I mixed right in. They didn't know what I was. You know, I could have been everything because we were just outside of Chinatown and 
in Kensington Market area. And so I just blended in. But when we moved to Burlington in 1969, I stuck out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is a little weird. And then I met Lori Longboat, who lived up the street. She was from Six Nations. And I saw her with her long braid go out, and I ran after her. And I said, hey. <laughs> but then we started hanging out together, and we were called the Wagon Burners by the oh. kids. Because, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, really? Oh, yes. Oh, so kids are mean, like I said. So yeah. then we just, shh, be quiet mm, of who okay. we are. So I just saw how the Indigenous were treated. Yes. And yes. I just sucked it back. How old would you have been, do you think, when you, you sort of released that feeling of, of having to be quiet and were able to express yourself? After my dad passed away, I kind of I kind of pushed everything back. And then I was at a psychic show of all places, and uh, which I hate to be at. But I was walking around kind of testing the people in my head. And then I heard, I heard this gentleman say, you know... You can run, but you cannot hide. And I turned around and looked at this beautiful blonde young man with these blue piercing eyes looking at me. And I'm going, she's standing right beside me, isn't she? And she goes, he goes, yeah, about five foot, long black braid. And I'm like, that would be her. So, (laughs) um, (laughs) yeah. So after that, everything started opening up. Mm -hmm. My dreams got more vivid and spirits started coming to me. My ancestors started coming to me, the grandmothers, the grandfathers, the animal spirits. And I just knew I couldn't, I couldn't turn my back on them. So uh, what I wanted to to bring up, because uh, it's something that that had quite an impact on your life, was back in 2017, you started, you've been teaching different uh, aspects of Indigenous teachings and so on, and among other things, and and involved with your reflexology and Reiki work as well. But um, in 2017, you offered a course uh, on Indigenous healing and uh, at different levels and so on. And there was a a really uh, strong backlash from the Indigenous communities. When you read about that event online that the, the, it's the CBC article that comes up like I know you well enough to know that there's a whole lot more to that story than they expressed in that article because I, I just know that it would have been with very pure intentions that you were offering these courses and I'd like to offer you the opportunity now to to tell us your side of that story and why you were offering the courses and what what led to this this fall not falling out but this uh, backlash from the indigenous communities thank you I have to learn my lessons always hard. Uh, that's been just my way. And learning the lesson was I did make a mistake. I listened to people that I thought I was being honest and truthful for. And I live by the medicine wheel. And when I was told by quite a few of the indigenous throughout that backlash, I was told that the medicine wheel belongs to them. And I said, but what about the other three colors on the medicine wheel? The yellow, the white, and the black. And they said, well, it's still indigenous. And I'm like, okay. So I got confused because the way I was taught about the medicine wheel is that we're all one Mm -hmm. and we're all connected. And as the Hopi prophecy says, you know, the rainbow crow, when we were all on Mother Africa, when we all lived in Mother Africa and they split, um, they sent the knowledge back. And the time is supposed to be coming back when all the nations will be coming together as one again. But we have to do it with all the nations. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little sad that the repression of, of, the, of the red people that have been done over and over and over again. And I feel sad for that because they've tried to repress them so much and they've stayed repressed. And there's some really talented people out there. Mm-hmm. Through all that backlash, what I learned was unconditional love. But how I learned it was through humility. 
And then I learned humility. I learned humbleness. Mm -hmm. And through humbleness, I learned unconditional love from 108 new friends from all nations who don't even know me how to receive unconditional love. That was huge for me because I could give, 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 but I could never receive. Mm -hmm. And it was that receiving that really made me open my eyes to other things that, wow, love is all we need. And they were telling me, they put me right up there with Bruce Lee because Bruce Lee, who was one of my idols as a kid, that's what got me into martial arts. Um, he was exiled by his whole country for bringing his art you know, to the West. Mm -hmm. And I got backlash of teaching the white people. What well, wasn't just the white people. It was the other colors of the medicine wheel. I thought we were all one as heart. Mm -hmm. But until they get through their struggles and honor themselves as that struggle and learn their lessons, it'll still be that way. So I stepped back from that. Yes. You, you know, it's, it, I, I was sort of shocked when I read about it, actually, uh, you know, quite a while ago now, because it, it just seems so I mean, I, I can understand why a culture would want to have people who are giving the, 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 the truth and the knowledge from that culture to share it with others. But it doesn't mean that, that they have to hold on to it so tightly. Like, I don't know as if they're not willing to share, because I mean, I, I have seen a lot of, of examples of them willing to share their knowledge, but the fact that they're, they're not allowing it to just naturally unfold and open up like a flower you know it's to, to be holding on to it well like you said the Bruce Lee thing where you where you're only giving out little bits of information to those special few instead of allowing it to be uh, experienced by the larger population it just seems to me to be uh, perpetuating the, the, the vis divisiveness between the cultures. And the indigenous culture is so beautiful. And if they don't share that, you know, Chief Dan Zord said something, but he said it about the animals, but it goes into the people too. And what he said is, if you don't learn about, you know, the culture, then how will you know you will fear it? And what you fear, you'll destroy. So they'll continue to be repressed and looked at as, as not no good people because they're I'm not saying because they're not sharing, but they need to embrace that love mm -hmm. and that it's accepted. And am I wrong? But there is no one story no. or one, one line of healing or one line of anything, no. isn't there? Like, aren't all the indigenous cultures quite different in Absolutely. the stories they have to share? Absolutely. And, and like anything, it, it's, it's the morals of the story and the, and the wisdom and the skills, of, for example, with herbs and so on, that you're passing on in your own way. Absolutely. And, and you, you should be entitled to do that, in my opinion, as well, because you got your experiences and knowledge and information from your grandmother and you wanted to share that with other people that Absolutely. weren't in, from the indigenous culture. Absolutely. Like, to me, that seems like you know, such a precious gift to be willing to share. And uh, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that it's it okay. came out this way. It's but okay. <laughs> They're still on their journey. It's yes. okay. Yeah. And there's still time. That's right. <laughs> okay. So I'd like to get back to your background now in reflexology and Reiki. Would you be able to explain to us what the difference is between those two uh, modalities? Yeah. Reiki is working with the energies. So it's working on the emotional bodies to get to the source of the disease to help with the disease. So it doesn't form into that disease. It's working with energy, the subtle bodies, the chakra system. And how do you, uh, well, and then let's just do a quick uh, sure. comparison to what reflexology, sure. how does that differ? Yeah, reflexology is, is based on the principles that there's reflexes in the feet that correspond to every part, gland, and organ of the body. So when you push on the reflexes, it takes the body from fight or flight to rest and repair. 
Mm, okay, so so is the bottom like it's your feet? You're yes, generally, the soles. Hands too, or just feet? yes, you can do hands and ears, but I'm only certified for the, the feet because okay. the feet get them. So the feet is like, uh, is it is it similar to what we would look at as the acupuncture map, where where basically you're looking at the ends of the meridian lines for all the organs and parts of our body, absolutely, or, or a map on your feet, absolutely. So can you explain then? Let's start with reflexology. Sure. If you're having that done, mm-hmm. it, it's a hands-on treatment, absolutely. isn't it? Like you're actually touching absolutely. the feet, and so how what do you do like your at your hands moving across and you notice certain reactions at certain points that re, re, that connect to different parts of the body absolutely so i'm working the whole body on the foot okay so i it's like a massage but i'm working the whole body and the mus and the organs and the muscles and everything but yes it's meridian points it's it's organs i touch so i'll watch the person's reaction when i hit one of those reflexes mm-hmm. now some people i've hit the gallbladder reflex but they don't have a gallbladder. But guess what? There's an etheric body, which we've also been taught in reflexology. The etheric body still holds the blueprint of the actual form of the physical body. Mm-hmm. So they really do have still the gallbladder as an etheric. Right, understood, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. In, is it Carillion photography yes. or something? Yeah, yes. where it showed that someone could be missing yes. an organ or a limb, yes. but it's still showing Absolutely. up on, the, on that. And they'll still react. Yeah, exactly. So if you, say you hit a, a, the liver meridian mm-hmm. and you notice there's a reaction there, what do you? What are you doing then to try and deal with that issue? Like, are you pr- applying like an acupressure type of thing to mm-hmm. help? Because again, that means that the end of that meridian is it neurological? Like, is it nerve related too? Absolutely. Like, yeah. So, so you're trying by through acupressure. What, does that help to release? Yes. From that organ. Is Absolutely. That how that works? And okay. if I'll look at the liver, I'll see if they react at the liver. The liver and the gallbladder are very close together mm-hmm. on the foot. Mm-hmm. So I'll see which one. I'll go back to the liver. I'll hit each reflex three times. By the third time, the first one is usually ah, and then by the third one, it's relaxed. Mm, okay. With reflexology, if there's a, if you discover there's an issue with say you know one or two or three of the organs. Is it something where you come back for repeated treatments? Absolutely. Is that how that works Absolutely. as well? Again, kind of like acupuncture in a way. Right? If somebody's ill, I will work less time, but more often mm, okay. at, to get them to the point where hopefully they don't have to see me anymore. Mm-hmm. For maintenance, it's monthly, once a month. Mm. Everybody should have reflexology because it's the preventative of all disease. Oh, so there is a preventative Absolutely. aspect to this as well. Absolutely. You're not just treating people's no. ailments. no. Ah, I've so, also, so yeah. that if you would compare it to the energy or chi, you mm-hmm. might say mm-hmm. uh, this this is is a, um, the maintenance program is basically keeping that flowing, so Absolutely. that there aren't that you're detoxifying and also removing any blockages yes. in that flow through that meridian. Yeah, and I drain the lymph- lymphatic system every time the chest, breast, lymphatic, and the groin lymphatic every time I do a treatment. From the foot? Through the foot, yes. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. Yes, yes. (laughs) Okay. Now, with Reiki, Mm -hmm. it's uh, more, like, it's not usually hands-on, is it, or can it It be? It can be hands-on. There's actually hands-on treatment that you can go through a clinical. I usually do it intuitively, so I'm empathic, so I feel the area on my body because you become one Mm -hmm. with that person. Uh, You become them. Okay. So you feel... So you're feeling what absolutely. they're experiencing. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Right. And then I know where to go. Okay. And it's different in that it, you're not... It's, it's sort of less physically active process. It's more of a spirit and energy activation, absolutely. right? That you're doing with Reiki. I'm just okay. the conduit. I, I channel the energy. It comes through me, mm. not from me. Mm. Okay. Would it be 
accurate to say that Reiki helps us connect to our own intuition, like as the patient? Absolutely. Because when I had Reiki with you the other day, because I thought if I'm going to interview you, I have had reflexology (laughs) with you, but I've never had you do Reiki on me. So I had Reiki with you. And that was what I was finding was just happening over and over again was, was that wakening of your intuition and recognizing from either what you, what I was feeling at the time or seeing in my mind, like visions I was having in my mind or things that you were saying were triggering off all kinds of intuitive reactions to me as to, and your case in this case is to you know just where I'm going in the direction I'm taking because there's a lot of things shifting for me right now so you were bringing helping me bring some clarity onto how to move forward as I say I'm the confirmation yeah yeah I am the confirmation. One thing I find when I have been with you doing mm-hmm. other things is that you always seem to have like a whole, uh, you know, nest full of animals around you when you are doing your work. Like as soon as I lay down the table, you were saying, oh, there's a golden retriever here to say, wagging his tail really happy and saying hi <laughs> before I even, got, you know, barely got laying on the table. And and it's really neat because the, a lot of the animals you brought up during that session with me were extremely relevant. One being my dog that just passed away who looked like, yeah, because when you when you said there's a dog, a golden retriever wagging his tail and saying hi to me, I my dog Ozzy died not that long ago. And so it was an immediately, wow, that's, you know, that's certainly relevant <laughs> having him here. But yeah, like it, it was neat here. And, and because I'm, you know, as you know, I've been a landscape architect for years so I'm very connected to to nature and trees in particular but and elementals and all that sort of thing so it was really again it was I guess more confirmation that you were talking about certain elementals or animals that were really had relevance to me they're like for me that the hawk and the wolf and the bear are all really prominent right now so it was it's really interesting how you are able to connect to not just someone's emotions but to you know sort of outside things that are going to resonate with me right because the one thing I've I'd like to say is that with some people think you know oh my god what they're talking what's all this woo-woo they're talking about and you know these two people are just flaky (laughs) but the one because you get a lot of people the naysayers Mm -hmm. right saying oh you know because they can't see it and experience and touch it and have you know scientific verification that these things are relevant they just you know, think you're a nut job and that they just walk away from, from ever having the opportunity to expand their own minds. Right. But I like to, I like to say that I feel like with Reiki too, uh, is, is that a lot of these modalities are really tools, like they're, they're your tools, uh, and you as the practitioner and other practitioners of other things. These are like feng shui. Let's use that for example. Yes. That's a good example, actually, because as a landscape architect, I've never thought about how I design gardens. I listen to what my clients say and then a a sort of a vision comes to mind and then I make that happen because that's what's meant to happen. And uh, so I'm in tune with the intuition of how to design a garden. I don't need tools because I, I, I listen to my intuition. Fantastic. <laughs> so, so, and all, you know, your, your little guides there that are helping you. Like I don't do a planting plan. I buy all the plants that I to- feel like I should buy. And then I feel like I'm literally said, you know, I don't see things, but I have, it feels like, you know, the little fairies are saying, okay, put that one over there. <laughs> And oh, don't forget to put that one there now. It's a, it, it's 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 like a little story in my mind where where I'm just I'm just the facilitator, yes. right, of, of it happening. But most people don't have that. 
intuition right. right for that or the intuition like you do for, for for using your reiki the way you do so feng shui is is a means of teaching people how to tap into their intuition because it's a it's it's like a science in yes. a way like it's saying do this and you have to put this here and you should never have you know headlights coming into your house or have stairs right at your door going down and this evil spirits can come in if there's no block at the end all that sort of yeah. thing really all it's doing is helping you learn how to design spaces that feel nice and work well and, and function well and make you feel good absolutely so using these almost like stories shall we say to help teach people how to learn how to do something that they don't know how to do intuitively is awesome absolutely so, so i feel with reiki the same thing you, you're just you're you're moving people through as a series of events that helps them wake up and yes. say oh you know that this makes me think of this and yes. that makes me think of that and then all of a sudden they're they're carried through to resolute res resolving like emotional issues or it might be problems they're having at work or it might be health issues it might be relationship whatever but that's what I think is so amazing about Reiki is, is it, it, it opens up all those doors for people to find their own answers. Absolutely. And I love when my students come and all of a sudden they have the revelations and it's like, yay, you know, because they're going to go, hopefully they're going to go on to teach others mm -hmm. because there's so much energy out there that, you know, we haven't even tapped into yet. Mm -hmm. It's so great. Yeah. <laughs> energy is energy is energy. So you, you are a master Teacher. Reiki now, mm -hmm. but master. And you teach as well mm -hmm. now, is that right? Mm -hmm. And how many levels does one have to go through to become a Reiki master? There's three levels that they have to go to go through. So there's level one, which is basically personal. And I always say when through the level one, you got to do the practice. You have to practice on yourself. You ha And when you're feeling off, don't touch anybody. Level two is a little more advanced. You, enter, you uh, are introduced to three of Yasui's symbols, who is the the lineage is what we're from and that intensifies the energy even more so it enables you to do some long distance stuff uh healing because uh, energy can go wherever you want it to go you just have to guide it to go there and set the intent that it's going to it's going to make it there mm -hmm. and then the third level is master teacher uh, it's done in two days. So that's because it's so intense. The first day is learning about the energy and how to put your classes together. The second one is all about the attunements. Mm -hmm. So they attune me, I attune them and everybody just so that I can see and feel that the energy is going where it needs to go. I know you and I talked the other day about this, but but we were talking about that Reiki can slow down. We were talking about slowing down the aging yes. process through the use of Reiki. Yes. Can you elaborate a little Absolutely. bit on that? Um, I believe in energy, not age. So when people put an age on things, um, even society tells you, you know, at 30, you're going to feel this, 40, you're going to feel this. Well, I don't buy into that. Mm -hmm. I will rebel from that all the time. So working with the Reiki energy can actually enhance your vibration to to make you feel younger your longevity will be more and and also along with with food too i'm a really big one on food ah nutrition yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has to be the complete package yes. you know the the yeah. triangle the, the body mind and the spirit for right. sure right I just wanted to also mention that uh, you were telling me that the hospital in uh, the Trafalgar mm. Hospital in Oakville, I think this is the coolest thing. The Oakville Hospital there in Trafalgar is looking at bringing in Reiki uh, volunteers to the hospital. And you are going to be one of those volunteers and you're going to be having some orientation and so on. And, and I thought it was very cool that you were saying that the first people you're going to treat are the doctors. So can you tell me a little bit about what, why they're doing that? And then why did they bring this program in? When is it starting? And 
Tell me all about it. Yeah, they've already started. Now they're just doing a shift change because there's some people that have left the program. So they've organized some more practitioners to come in and help. So they do have a a room there. The first the first thing I'm doing is in May there. It's a it's called palliative week. Mm -hmm. So all the doctors and nurses from all the hospitals around the area um, are coming or flying in and coming to learn. Just see this hospital because it's absolutely fantastic. It doesn't even look like a hospital. It looks like a or a little bit of a resort. There's an art museum in there. People have donated paint. It's just beautiful. And the energy in there, I'm finding, has to be raised because there's so much going on in there. I mean, you can't be happy, happy all the time. You have to be kind of empathic to some of these people because some of these people are going through, you know, cancer. Some of these people are, you know, their their family is leaving or their, their parents are leaving. It's not all good. You know, the babies are great that are born there, but it's not all happy, happy. Mm-hmm. So... I'm excited to work on the doctors and the nurses because they have been so clinical along the way. It's going to be interesting to see how they handled their energy. Also, there, I think because there's 27 hospitals in Asia that don't use medical equipment. The only thing they have is an ultrasound machine. Everything else is practitioners. They go in and chant, and the ultrasound machine is just to see the organ or whatever the cancer tumor actually shrinking. So I think they're slowly getting into this energy field that, hey, you know what? Energy is just more than turning on the light bulb. Mm-hmm. It comes through us. That's what we are. That's what keeps the heart going. Mm-hmm. We are energy first with matter. Thank you, Einstein. <laughs> Speaking of light, yes, I was just reading uh, some research that was done that you know how like, you and I have done qigong and and other courses together and so on and we always talk about the light body yes again people thinking you guys are just right right (laughs) but but i thought it was the best day ever when i saw that research from like it was from mit and uh, somewhere else that they've been doing research to show that cells communicate with light photons wasn't that the most awesome thing ever because they actually separate like cells communicate a you know, biologically with each other through chemical reactions and so on. They knew that. But they actually separated the cells by a glass wall. Yes. And the cells were still communicating with each other. And they discovered it was through light photons. Absolutely. They were communicating. I know. It was amazing. And it was like, yeah, like Uh we knew that all along. I know. What's the matter with you people? I know. But isn't it like anything else where, you know, years ago people were saying, you know, the the world's flat. And then some guy comes along and says, oh, could be round like the moon maybe no you guys are crazy everyone's saying you're an idiot of course it's flat and then all of a sudden you know technology and science evolves and then they go holy crap it is round (laughs) that must have been really disappointing to all the flat people right but then other things you know being able to fly like with da vinci and all his all the things these these really intuitive incredible renaissance people came up with and they've all come to reality like just because it's not something you can see and 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 understand doesn't mean it isn't so exactly and and here we are now we have light within us and they and they and our cells communicate that way that's just awesome finally getting into the newtonian era (laughs) thank god Thank you for sharing about the hospital. I just think it's remarkable that finally people are going to start start using these modalities and and helping people to heal better. Because that's what my understanding with Reiki is, is it it actually helps you heal faster and better. And so even if you're using uh, conventional or Western medicine, Mm -hmm. um, like if you're having Mm -hmm. chemo or radiation, so on, Reiki can help you heal and and help offset the, the repercussions from having those treatments and help you feel better and and heal 
quicker. Absolutely. So, yeah. So it's lovely to hear that they're starting to see this now. So the other thing I just wanted to chat with you about specifically, because it's just fun and frivolous, is is those times when you feel like you already have a relationship with someone, even when you first meet them. And I've had that so much with you. Like I met you a couple of years ago. And it's like when you came walking across that park towards me, you were looking at me like, oh, look, it's like you. And then I was looking at you thinking, you know, look, it's her. But I'd never met you before. And we ended up working together as a team on on a few things uh, during that workshop that we were at. And it's just the weirdest thing because it's like I'd had thoughts about you before I even met you. When I met you, it was like a familiarity. When we all had to sit down and share our stories. It still makes me laugh because I, I was telling my story about when I was young and how I used to always be like half naked or naked. And the neighbors would call my mom saying, your daughter just ran naked across from our backyard again. And and I was always dirty and covered in mud and always hanging out in the in holes in the ground with my dog or whatever. And just, just like really always doing nature-based um, interactions, shall we say. And I told my whole childhood. And then when it, you were next to me and you said... That was my childhood. (laughs) I don't even have to say anything. That was my childhood. And then the other day, when we were at that restaurant, that birthday, that just killed me because I don't even know how the topic of salt came up. I don't remember. But I was saying, oh, like when I was a kid, I used to live near the Department of Highways domes that held all the rock salt there for the road. And I used to put it all in my little paper lunch bags. And I used to have bags of rock salt. And I'd eat it, walk around eating it like candy. I ate so much salt, it wasn't even funny. And you said, I did the same thing, but it was with cow licks, those blue cows salt licks you used to go and shave all the blue well you'd actually said first of all you said <laughs> you used to go up and and uh, look at where the cows have been licking and lick on the other side yourself and then you'd shave some off and put it in a bag so here we were both living this salty childhood <laughs> together as well and then both at the same time we said and literally came out of our mouth at the same time was and when we were adults we found out i had low blood pressure yeah and it's true right yes. like isn't that cool that as children we both intuitively knew we yes. had low unusually low blood pressure and we were fixing ourselves by eating rock salt and straight looking cow legs this is good for the cows it's good for me <laughs> true but it's so funny i love that and and then i think we were talking the other day about otters because i've always envisioned you and i as being a pair of otters like just rolling around and playing and laughing and being silly and everything else and it's just so neat i love that that you can meet someone who's a total stranger and 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 feel like you've had like certainly a lifetime or lifetimes of experience absolutely already and it's just kind of a really really odd and unusual thing to have shared so much commonality right and we've never known each other before i remember one of my grandmothers saying can't remember which one it was but she always said souls six degrees of separation yeah so i believe when i see somebody like that and connect we've had a lifetime together can't figure it out but who cares it's having fun and just so connected to the soul yeah 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 it's it's, it's remarkable because like the the commonalities like us both riding motorcycles exactly <laughs> but it's so great but I, like when i first met you i felt like i knew you forever I just wanted to uh, thank you for coming, Carrie, and and chatting with us today. It's always a hoot. (laughs) Thank you very much, Lynn, for inviting me. I'm honored. Thank you. I'm honored to serve. Thank you. Thank you. If you want more information on what was talked about on today's show, you can head over to the show page at deadsetonliving.com. 
Be sure to subscribe to the Dead Set on Living podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. That way you'll always be up to date whenever a new episode is released. As a listener, you are vital to the success of our show. By leaving a rating and review, you'll help us reach more people and continue to put out kick-ass content. Also, every time you leave a rating or review, a fairy in the forest will get its wings. But seriously, what you think is important to us and to the growth of our show. Until next time, live life and be well.